<laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Jen. And we're Two Sisters Health. Two Sisters Health. That's so cool. So we um, are combining our areas of expertise to discuss different parts of health. Um, one thing that we'd like to focus on first is probably healthy aging and all of the facets around that. Um, so Jen, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and why you might be an expert in that? Sure. Um, I'm a sociologist with uh, training in a few different areas, but um, I have been working on a health and aging project for almost a decade now. Um, I'm not one of the principal researchers on the project. I mostly do research administration. So I'm very well versed in um, what it is to produce a very large research operation um, and various aspects about that. And I'm pretty familiar with the research that's been done from the data that we've collected over the years. Um, and so, yeah, so I do bring some expertise to the topic, uh, but mostly I think about the world in terms of how people are affected by social structures, social norms, rules, their relationships. I think socially, you know, 99 times out of 100. I have no medical training, even though I work with doctors on this project um, and I read their work, uh, but I myself don't have any medical training. And so um, looking at a social, from a socialist pr perspective, how do you think that impacts getting older and staying healthy? People who have strong relationships um, have better health and live longer. It's really that simple. Um, there are some really interesting details about that and it plays out differently for different people, for men and for women. Um, and for people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from different racial and ethnic groups. Um, so there's a lot to explore within that, but um, for everyone, if you have strong relationships, meaning a supportive spouse, good friends, um, you know, you're gonna do better, live longer and be healthier for the years that you are alive. That is very clear and it's been clear since early in the study, um, yeah. And then the study that you work on, because you work for a research study, mm -hmm. how long, like, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like how long it's been going on and when the end is, if there is one, and um, maybe the most exciting pieces of research that have evolved recently? Oh, boy. I'll have okay, to. Okay, that might be too much. Try right. to Let's... stick the parts you but, want. Yes, I hear you. Right. Um, it's been going since 2005, um, and we've collected, we're in the middle of collecting a fourth wave of data for the project. Um, and I'll tell you, it's the National Social Life Health and Aging Project, and it's conducted by, uh, in cooperation between NORC at the University of Chicago and the University of Chicago. Um, and I speak as myself, not on behalf of the institution. Anything I tell you is just based on my experiences with the project. Um, but yeah, they, they've really found a lot of very interesting things about aging. One of, the, um, one of the things they did early on in the project is they adapted methods. Um, so most all projects before this one started, when you collected actual 
physical measures like blood, urine, saliva, anything like that was always done by a medically a medical professional of some kind, whether it was a nurse or you know whatever. Um, and it had never been done in the home before. And this project piloted that um, and developed those methods where we train uh, people who aren't medically trained. Some of them are. Some of them are like retired nurses or whatever who go into the homes, but um, not everyone. And it's not a requirement. You have to be okay with doing that, but you may have never had any medical training yourself in your life. And you are an interviewer for this project and you go into people's homes and you help you help kind of talk them through the project through the process of collecting these measures for themselves um so that was a really interesting innovation in the project early on you know many years ago now um but we have data on uh husbands and wives many many husbands and wives and that's unusual for a project we collect a lot of information about um people's sex lives with their partners, whether they're married or have a live-in uh, you know, partner who they're not married to. Um, and that's unusual also. Most, like, most projects don't collect that kind of information. We also collect, um, one of the things that really sets our health and aging project apart, because there are several um, that collect these kinds of, this kind of information from people, but one of the other things that also sets ours apart is uh, we collect very detailed social information about people. Um, you know, who their top five close friends are, or up to five, not everybody names five people, but, and a lot of information about those relationships, and that's unusual for a project to collect that much information. So that's kind of where this project is set apart from other projects. And how, when did it start? Did you say that? 2005, yeah, and we're collecting a fourth wave now. We were supposed to actually in 2020, but because of the pandemic, we had to delay and we had to um, adapt. You know, it used to be a fully in-person, in people's homes interview. Mm -hmm. um, and now because of the pandemic, we adapted everything to try to be remote, over the phone. Uh, we are gonna send some people into people's homes, but um, that's only possible starting, you know, now in, in the spring, uh, a little further out now that things are, are so have you been working on it since the beginning no i joined uh when my son was born actually in mm -hmm. 2012 um, okay prior to that i had been doing some educational research got it yeah cool and what about you rachel what expertise do you bring to this well i practice medicine i'm what's called a physician assistant which um, can work in lots of different parts of healthcare. but basically it's a master's level degree where we do a condensed um, medical school training and when we come out of school we are licensed to practice medicine um, with some oversight which is pretty loose but um, part of why our medical training is condensed um, i studied science in college and then was a nurse for 10 years it's a registered nurse and um, and now i've been doing this job for 10 years so my actual practice and work and day-to-day -day is like a family practice physician so i'm in rooms with patients all day talking about blood pressure and high cholesterol and um, evaluating their chest pain or shortness of breath 
but also lots of depression, anxiety. And um, I work in an internal medicine practice. So I see probably the majority of my patients are geriatric, which is the term we give to people who are over 65, probably. I don't know that that's exactly the definition. I'll have to look that up. But um, people who are older and aging and often have multiple health problems. And um, I would agree that what I see every day is that relationships are critical to health. Um, certainly those older people that I treat who are isolated and alone, um, for one, they're not usually as happy, but stress levels go up and then that affects everything. So, um, but I definitely have more experience with, I don't know, more just different with um, how health affects aging and the medications that people are on and the things that actually um, shorten the life. But, you know, there's a really interesting um, thought of what's more important, a longer life or a healthier, happier life. And so that's something I kind of deal with every day in practice also. So, um, so yeah, so I'm pretty excited. Where did, where did you come from before? Cause it's not as though you went to school and boom, you know, for this right off the bat. You mean as a nurse prior? So I was a uh, registered nurse for 10 years and I kind of worked everywhere in the hospital. I worked in, um, started out on a med surgical floor, which is just standard, people with medical illnesses, and actually probably largely a geriatric population too. And interestingly, the hospital I worked at, we did hospice care, which is pretty unusual for a hospital, but you can recognize that often when people aren't getting better mm -hmm. with medical care, there comes this decision where the family decides it's time to stop treatment. And then they would transition to our floor and we would do hospice care and they would die in the mm -hmm. hospital with their family and we would keep them comfortable. Um, so that was my first job, but being in nursing as long as I have, um, I also worked in oncology, which is cancer treatment. So I did chemotherapy and um, treated people who were kind of dealing with the existential crisis in their lives um, from being sick. And uh, then I worked in the post cardiac care unit. So after people had had open heart surgeries. And then uh, after that, I started, I moved into ICU where um, a lot of our patients would be on ventilators and uh, sick enough that you never talked to them. And by the time they got wow. healthy enough to communicate, they would leave. So that was another um, view. But you know, you're with them a lot. One thing about if you're a floor nurse, you can have up to five patients and in the ICU you can only have two. Mm -hmm. So you would kind of get to know their families more than the patients, but you spend a yeah. lot of time with the patients. And then I worked in the ER and that's pretty exciting. Um, and you never know what's gonna walk in the door. Um, somebody with their arm fall, ha having fallen off or someone, you know, uh, just with strep throat to just anything really. Um, but interestingly, you know, it always kind of surprised me how much of the ER is taken up with psych cases. So people mm -hmm. who are um, maybe not even sick, but having these crises and sure. nowhere to go. So they come in and sometimes 
they even maybe make stuff up so that they can eat some food and get some tests run and before they go home. Um, but also, um, it, it's an interesting place to work. So that's where I was working when I went back. How to long did you work, work in an Like, did you spend the most time as a nurse in one of those areas? Probably ICU and ER. And when I worked those units, I would float back and forth. Um, I probably spent, yeah, that was probably where I spent the longest time. And then, um, you know, this is actually not nursing, but right after I became a nurse, I went and got my um, yoga training. So I'm a certified yoga instructor. And that, I think, is just important in terms of um, health to keep the mind-body approach in. Um, Micah, could you not do that in here, sweetie? I'm also a mother. <laughs> so there's always that. Um, so kind of, you know, looking at health from a lot of different perspectives. And then I went to uh, graduate school at Stanford. I live in California, still do. I kind of live up in the upper northern part of California that people don't know exists. People think northern California is San Francisco, but really I'm super northern, like an hour from Oregon. Um, Mount Shasta, nobody, you know, people have Redwood. heard of the mountain, but not many people have been here. So, um, so it's kind of an interesting um, medical experience too, because we deal with rural medicine. Yeah. Where we have no specialists, so we do everything. Oh, yeah, right. For people to get to a specialist, they have to drive about an hour and a half. So by default, we end up treating a lot of um, specialists. Where's the nearest specialist? Reading or Medford. Oh. So we have a general surgeon. Um, we have primary care. We have one psychiatrist for the county. We have some mid-levels, which is what I am. Um, and then, like, if you need to see a dermatologist, if you need to see a cardiologist, a rheumatologist. Uh, you have to drive. An oncologist, you have to drive. Wow. So, yeah. It's kind of interesting. I've always kind of liked that because mm -hmm. you have to do a lot. Things that yeah. in your cities you would defer, we do. So like mm -hmm. I do a lot of joint injections and um, small surgeries, which in a bigger city or practice, you'd probably send them to specialists. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of fun. But um, yeah, it's taught me a lot and given me some perspective on health. And right. So healthy aging, you know, I, I kind of say to my patients, if I just put it into a nutshell, um, sitting is the new smoking. If there is a fountain of youth, it's exercise and learning That's how to hilarious. stress. Yeah, I and actually kind was, of secondary. I was listening to a, a doctor's podcast earlier, and that was one of the points they kind of ended the podcast, the episode on was exercise. Honestly, you know, what we know, if you're want to stay healthy, make sure you're exercising. If you're not, so exercise relationships, right? It's, uh, those are at least two things. That and, you know, mostly I practice prescribing medicine. I think when I went into it, I didn't realize that really what I was going to be is a drug dealer. <laughs> And while I, I believe it has its place, right. it's, um, it's taken over 
the mm -hmm. landscape to the point where it's all I do. And mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we don't have much time for education, nor do we have that many people who want to change. So it's, it's been difficult. It's been hard for me to kind of accept that that's my role is just titrating meds up and down. Maybe one of the things we can talk about over time is what can happen in society to help um, provide better infrastructure for people, for less people to get to where they're running to someone like you for pills, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Well, I can say one thing would be, um, you know, with work, many people just sit all day. So um, having like sit to stand desks mm -hmm. and maybe like a bike that you could ride while you're working. Right. And Oh, geez, Micah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> that was the, that was about the same I think we just work on. too much. Mom, that was yeah. the same as it going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, Jen, this has been a great intro for our first episode. I'm not sure how long this has been, but would uh, you not very long. Oh, minutes. really? A few minutes. <laughs> tell me, tell me your kids' ages. Um, so, Micah, remind me, my okay, niece. This is kind of funny, and I'll share this with you because it's worth sharing. <laughs> this is my son, Micah. <laughs> Hi, Micah. Who, um, Mike, so I have a yoga swing in my house, and there's my not a Peloton. Um, not a did ride today. <laughs> and no funding from Peloton. What's that? We, yeah, we received no, um, no it's sponsors. It's not a we don't have sponsors from Peloton, but I would be open to talking to someone if they see this podcast and want to get in touch. I'm a sponsor. Does that count? Micah is my sponsor at this point. And you are, Jen, too. Have you been, Rach, have you been using your bike on that trainer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I rode it to Uh-huh. Oh, I'm impressed. I rode it two to three days a week. I'm impressed. And I use That's the, cool. Um, I use you like the it Peloton okay? app. Actually, oh, you do? I do. Hmm. And I have a cadence meter on it. So I know my cadence. So like in the um, exercise classes, the instructors will say, get your cadence to 80, 30% resistance. Huh. So I know what my cadence is and I just guesstimate my resistance by how hard I'm working. Yeah. And like today um, I rode for 30 minutes and I kept my heart rate at about 160. He just hit his head on the ceiling. <laughs> um, yeah, don't hit your head. So I get a really good workout and it go, it's to music and the yeah. instructors are very motivational and it's not trying to advertise Peloton. Although who cares if they get me a bike, that'd be awesome. It's $13 a month to do the app. Mm. And um, they give you two free months when you sign up. It's been awesome. I love it. And they have cla other huh. classes. Although since I'm a yogi, I just do my own yoga afterwards. So I ride the bike for about 30 minutes, warm up, get hot. And then I do yoga for about 30 minutes. 
and yeah. trying to focus on doing core and push-ups and oh, stuff. God, mm -hmm. And head. using my oh, yeah. um, yoga swing. <laughs> I don't swing on it like that. <laughs> 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 it's kind of funny, just to, so you know. The whole time I've been talking to you and filming, he's been doing that. <laughs> and I've just been trying to ignore it. I've been ignoring it. I'm good at ignoring him. Just kidding. <laughs> Mike is nine. You want to say hi, Micah? He did. <laughs> hi. Yay. Hi. We um. Timer. I recognize that shirt. Michael, will you ask for us to go to check on the Brussels sprouts yeah. in the oven? And we're eating Brussels sprouts. Forest, 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 Forest. Forest is in town. Yeah, Forrest is back. Cool. So maybe he'll be our next guest. We have a friend who is staying with us. Who's very interesting. He's a teacher, and um, maybe he would be interested. How long has he been back? Uh, a couple weeks, maybe. Not cool. very long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, oh, and then I have a daughter, Chloe, and she's uh, eight. You almost got <laughs> It's such a blur. Seven, the kids age so quickly. I know. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, she turned eight just last month, so it's still new. And um, how about you, Jen? Tell me about your kids. I have a almost 16-year-old girl and an almost 10-year-old boy. And I'm going to have to, I am just saying that out loud makes me realize I am dealing with a sweet 16 and a oh, double digit. Second time this year. So I've got to, I'm going to have to do something big. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, I better get to work soon planning that. I'm back to swinging. And what do you think are some things that people could um, work on to help with their health? <laughs> <laughs> laugh more right <laughs> yeah right. for sure well um i you know that's a that's a great question i think it varies according to people's personalities and comfort levels i'm a very social person and so um things going back to in person has been hi buddy that's my almost 10-year-old. Hi, um, Alex. Alex. Alex, Alex, Alex. And so these guys are cousins. Alex. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see we're <laughs> I know, right? It looks fun, doesn't it? Just slammed <laughs> your face on my leg. <laughs> Excitement. <laughs> it's okay if you laugh. <laughs> She's crying, but oh, oh no! Come here, sweetie. Hi, this baby. is a demonstration for how to do it. <laughs> okay, calm down. Do you want to say hi to Angela? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> When Chloe got here, it got... So we'll have to do most of our podcasts um, when they're at school. <laughs> you did not say that! Although, I don't know. This might be a selling point. <laughs> Watch my head! Do you want to look at your cup and stuff? Do you want to... Okay. <laughs> Alex, you want to say anything? Hi. <laughs> Please stop.
I was about to finish your class. So we just finished piano <laughs> lessons. Another oh, fun. thing that's important is anything that helps with thinking and stress relief like music, I would say. Oh, close. Yeah, for sure. This one. I'm always going to suggest dance. Mm. Even though yeah. that's not everybody's bag, but for anyone uh, who is at all inclined for sure, did you have to, to check on that? Living room, yeah. go take a class, take an online class. Uh, I will say that the pandemic really drew the options for remote everything, and dance is included in that. So if you're shy, um, I mean, I suggest. If you are, you know, somebody who feels safe enough being around other folks these days, go take a class in person. There's nothing, there's no substitute for that. But um, there are online options, many of them actually. And so if you're too shy or want to get a few classes in before you feel brave enough to go do it in person somewhere, um, you know, look into that. You can do it at home. You can turn your camera off. Even though I, I did online dance for almost two full years while everything was closed down where I live. And uh, it wasn't as good. Yeah, it's not but as good. It, but it was good. It was uh -huh. certainly better than nothing. It was mm -hmm. much better than nothing for me anyway. Um, it was interesting because a lot of people um, really couldn't do it. Like people who I danced with in person for years. They were not willing. They maybe tried it once or twice and they just couldn't get into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I understood because it's not the same. Um, but I was able to get a lot out of it, even from home on a screen. Um, but it, that was kind of interesting to me. And there were some people who kind of were like happy to do it from the comfort of their own home rather than having to get into the car and go somewhere and um, so it's interesting. People interact with these things really differently. I am very glad everything's, well, the stuff I like to do is back in person. Um, so I'm happy going. And, and I haven't been doing anything online since I've been able to go back. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, not really. Um, but some folks are still doing both. Like, all one or the you're other. You're not going to land on your head. Don't even say that. <laughs> If I land on my head, will you take care of me? That like, I don't think he knows how loaded that statement is, right? That's kind of dark, man. What's he mean like long-term? That's what I'm imagining. This is kind of a better view, huh? It's not like, are you going to give me a hug? It's more like, are you going <laughs> to? Don't even say it. I basically was like, you're not going to land on your head. Why are you even saying that? So we have snow, actually, which is kind of oh. interesting. Um, you know, we're in its horrible drought, and um, it started oh, to come. Don't hurt yourself, Micah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I was teaching yoga when the pandemic started, and I haven't taught since. So let's see if you can see outside. Wow, that's a lot of snow. Yeah. So you can see I live kind of in the middle of nowhere if you've not been here. But anyway, I tried teaching online and it just didn't work for me. I couldn't motivate myself to do it. Actually, probably part of the difficulty was this. Yeah, I know, I know. I was like, okay, we're gonna teach and the kids would run in and yell and interrupt and it was- Right. Like, interrupting, am I? 
No, of course not. <laughs> You're enhancing. <laughs> it's true. You are. Yeah, the, the main person I took classes with online was my local teacher here. Um, and he actually rented out a studio and um, he teaches West African dance and he had drummers with him every time. And so he was not alone in a space doing it. He was there with um, the musicians. He, he, he won't teach without live uh, drumming. Um, and so, you know, so it was interesting. Well, that's nice that he had yeah. some community still. Exactly. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's so funny to watch this because um, my 15-year-old was very much like that for many years, right? And now it's hard to get her to do anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, but it's all worth it. Yeah. So family is probably important in health yeah. teaching. Yeah. I certainly know that it's important for me to have family. Yeah, for sure. Me as well. And actually, yes. the, this is a pretty uh, important topic right now because people have been so isolated for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I'll be curious to see how many people struggle with... Um, coming out of that right and all yeah. the fears that people may have mm -hmm. getting back out into the world right for example in california the mask mandates are lifted as of next friday for mm -hmm. the schools even mm -hmm. which is new so um i wonder right. how many people are gonna have a hard time with that yeah i'm i know i'm wondering the same here they haven't actually i think they said the 19th so even I, yeah, that's even a little bit longer than California, okay. which is Oregon is in last place once again. The 11th is when. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure why they picked the date they picked here. It feels extremely arbitrary, but um, but yeah, I'm really interested. I filled out a survey for my school district here uh, about that topic just this week. And I probably should get back to teaching. I was thinking about that actually this week getting back to teaching yoga because I've mm -hmm. taken such a long break. Mm -hmm. And actually there was a time when all of this started where I just wasn't making time for exercise. Yeah. Um, and I felt awful. Yeah. And I think I aged like a decade, <laughs> maybe not a decade, but, but a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit yeah. faster. It was than very usual. stressful. It was ridiculously stressful. For it was really it hit everybody. It hit, you know, and there's a range, right? There were folks whose lives, like I think of our parents who their lives changed too, but compared to what they were, how they were already living, it was relatively little change mm -hmm. compared to people whose businesses were shut down. Yeah, or, that's a whole you know, other issue. It's all over the place. There was many different um Everybody was impacted, but everybody was impacted differently. I feel pretty lucky living here. I mean, we've never had much here, but mm -hmm. the little that we have, we did seem to maintain. Like even that first year, the kids still did swim team. We still did piano lessons in person. Mm -hmm. um, their school was mostly open. We were pretty mm -hmm. fortunate. Yeah, that is, that's very fortunate. That's uh -huh. But yeah, it's been hard. Yeah. So 
we'll have to think about what our next couple of shows are going to be about. Mm -hmm. If we want to stick to one topic, um, I think we ha both have a couple of people that we'd like to interview. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so. Ideas, we welcome suggestions too. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think this is a good place to wrap up our first episode? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, I, dr I have a 30-minute commute to work in the morning. So 30 minutes is a perfect time for me. Sometimes I get a little bit, um, I, I fall off on some of these podcasts that are like sure. two hours. So right. maybe at least for beginning. Um, and I think it's been 30 minutes because I put some Brussels sprouts in the oven and the timer went off and I had to have Forrest go check on that. That's perfect. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think um, 30 minutes is probably perfect. Yeah. Well, Jen, I love you. I love you too. It it's was good fun to see to you. Our first podcast. Good to see you too, Micah. Recording this, so I'll see what it plays back as. And yeah. Just yeah. Take the audio and everything. Yeah. But um. I really hope you guys can take the audio. Don't take away the pictures. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jen. My sister. That's my sister. And we're. This is our very first your podcast. Do sisters help? Sisters help. All right. And there's no questioning it because obviously the kids just. Anyway, family is very important. Yes. Love you and I'll talk to you soon. Love you too. Bye, guys. Bye. I've been trying to pay attention. Love you too. Bye guys. Bye. I've been trying to pay attention.